The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. Hi, this is Melvin. I'm a wizard. And I cast spells. Colvic Darkseed. I am a half-orc cleric, and I have devoted my life to the goddess Hyaea. I'm Roscoe Toscobble. I'm a rogue. And pretty cool guy. on the very good adventuring team what well, sucks i'm sorry you're dreaming bad dreams like that man not sure what's gonna happen from here you can get drunk <laughs> bring it down rome <laughs> <laughs> one be hole at a time <laughs> we're loaded with beans that so was can... um a whole bunch of fuck you DM effects just ready to roll. Yep. yep. <laughs> Pretty much. I think that's I what should, everybody was thinking. I should print off that table and just have it taped to my computer because that's pretty much what's going to happen every every time we play now. We have 45 of those fuckers. Partying with Melvin Hart and me for the first time ever with alcohol. Working hard for the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> so hard for, for the, the squirrel. squirrel. Welcome to VGAT. I love you. <laughs> so fall is progressing in, and uh, and the Harvest Festival is coming around one more time here. I love carnival game. Roscoe, what'd you get? 27. Holy balls. I think we might know who's going to win this contest. Roscoe, you have won five gold from Deborah Woo. and a candied apple on a stick. Yes. Whee! Ooh. Ooh, man. <laughs> you just threw that kid in the dirt. <laughs> as long as you can eat a pie and not throw up, you go on to the next round. And Jocasta got a three. Jocasta barfed on the first pie she got her face in. <laughs> Kolvik, you were going to cast... I was going to cast um, Create Food in front of... Uh, in front of Melvin. All right, so I'm going to say to very specifically target a create food into a existing pie tin, you need to roll pretty high. So give me a d20 roll, and you got to roll an 18. 12. Oh, man. So you did not successfully create it in the bowl. Now give me a stealth roll. <laughs> oh, no. This should be good. <laughs> Where does the pie get created? 13. 13, so it's not like a super terrible spot, but like all of a sudden there's just like four pies mysteriously behind you. <laughs> <laughs> they're like super dense. Uh, all right, so Kolvik, you made it to the next round with Lemiel. Let's mm -hmm. get another set of rolls. Oh no. Five. Total of five mm -hmm. for Lemiel? Mm -hmm. Right on. Kolvik, what did you get? Nine. Nine. All right, so the both of you start face-planting into these pies, and you start hurling immediately. But Kolvik takes a little longer to start barfing. And so Kolvik wins the prize for the pie-eating contest. For winning the pie-eating contest, you win a pie. Oh, God, no. <laughs> You're pie fieri. Act like a pie. <laughs> Pie fairy. Be a pie. <laughs> Guy fairy is that a pie. Guy fairy meme that I found. Oh. Oh, the that Flavor one. Town. Yeah. <laughs> one last trip to Flavor Town. It's terrible. Did you did you send it to everyone or? No, I think just you. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give this pie to the kid I threw into the bar. As a sign of good faith. I can't have any more pie, but I feel sorry for his head. The kid is very grateful for the pie, and he like. Sorry, kid. 
Gives you a thumbs up. Can't really talk anymore, but he gives you a thumbs up. Oh, no. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll be fine. This happens to all the kids in Andon. Every year. It's like the fucking Hunger Games of this town. All the kids are... <laughs> the carnival time. Avon's here! Avon's here's tribute! At least I'll throw my little brother into the bar. <laughs> they lure them with a plain white wagon. With no windows. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, I got just got your Flavor Town text. Yep. Uh, that's so terrible. That <laughs> would jam the gun for sure. Oh my god! One last trip. Flavor Town. Remaining contests for the Andon Harvest Festival are The Lady in Lace, Find the Pea, and I'll Kill You. What do you guys think? Lady in Lace. Lady in Lace. Hmm? Let's just go on down the list. I'm more curious about what this is than anything. Yeah, me too. This is a two-player game? Uh, This one is another four-player game. You guys can all play if you'd like to. So The Lady in Lace is a game where the player, being you guys, needs to catch a pig and put it in a pen. It's called the Lady in Lace because the pig is adorned with a tiny little lace veil and uh, the pen is shaped like a little bed. So, each of you are putting a contest... uh, That's like an episode one of Black Mirror kind of thing? (laughs) Not quite that. You don't don't have to, like, get all the way to conclusion. Just bring (laughs) it into the pen. Uh, So, you guys are put in a big fenced-in area... Your pig, one for each, is released. You need to make a successful dexterity check to catch your pig. Then you make t- you need to make three successful athletics checks in a row to get your pig into your pen. Holy moly. So it's it's quite the ordeal. So who's all playing Lady in Lace? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm actually going to watch for Melvin this time to make sure nothing fancy goes on. Nothing... Uh, Go ahead, but I'm going to cheat again. Nice. Yeah, I was gonna, I'm actually going to walk for him to see if he does cheat and try to stop him. You're, you're going to try and stop him, all yeah. right. My moral code is going to take over here. Oh, now you have morals? Convenient. <laughs> who, are, who are you going to be playing for, Colvick? Give me a name. What's that? Because you still got to roll some dice. I need four people to roll dice. Oh, no, so. no. I was gonna still going to play, but I was going to watch Melvin specifically oh, beforehand. Oh, you're doing both. All right. To make sure. Uh, Taking the moral what, high ground here. Why are you watching me, as far as you know? You don't know of anything that I've done to arouse your suspicions. Arouse. arouse. Because you tossed a lot of kids higher than me, and that's really weird by your physique. Oh, you're already suspecting cheating. I am. Based on... Based on past game experience. Whatever. All right, our fourth contestant here is going to be... You know who our fourth contestant is? Our fourth contestant is actually going to be Hot Carl. Oh, nice. Good. Hot Carl Carl. steps into the ring. He goes over to his pig that's waiting on the side, tears off that lace bonnet and puts a little bow tie on it and gives you guys all a nod and says, you guys ready for this? Hell yeah, Hot Carl. All right. Give me that first first dice roll. So remember... Hey, wait. I'm trying to cheat, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me how you're going to cheat on this one. Uh, I'm going to try to cast an illusion that my pig sees. Basically, like a... I don't know. A running cob of corn or something like that. That's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured a super cartoony like cob of corn running around. Like, yeah, never gonna catch me. <laughs> and then, so it's just gonna run and try to bring the pig into the pen. All right. So I'm gonna have you make a. First of all, let's just call that a. A pig isn't hard to fool. So let's call that a. What, oh, I'm sorry, what spell are you going to use to do this? Uh, I'll use Minor Illusion. All right. You know, Minor Illusion is a spell that you're super good at, but it's not hidden, so everybody else is going to see that cob of corn. You're going to have to find a way to make it so that just the pig sees the cob of corn. Hold on. I was just going to see. I had some kind of... <clears throat> kind of look in the rule books to cheat to fool a pig. Oh. Independently of what he's doing. Electrified fooling How machine. Are these pens? Are they wet? Are the they muddy? Or the pigs? The pig pen. Uh, so you guys are in like a big fenced in area and then there's just like little pens off on the side. Like you just kind of, kind of drop it in there. I would say it's been pretty clear. So it's not like, it's not sloppy and wet. Just kind of like a loose bunch of hay in the middle. All right. On my way to my spot, I'm walking by 
Roscoe's, and I'm dropping a magic bean on the ground. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, Digging like, it under the dirt with my foot. You got to water it still. <clears throat> well, I got a flat. I got my water skin. No. Okay. I'm well, pretty sneaky. Well, I can do a stealth check if you yeah, want. Yeah, g- give me a stealth check to see if you can successfully bury this thing without anybody noticing. 26. Holy crap. Nobody notices a damn thing. The most natural gesture in the world, and you bury a magic bean. Um, you said this is for dexterity, correct? It is going to be a dexterity check to catch the pig, and then it's going to be strength to wrestle it on back to Okay, the and pen. these are just... Okay, these aren't saving throws. These are just checks. Just straight up checks. All right. Did you find a way to do it? Uh, no, I was just looking to see... I thought I had, like, some enhancements to illusions. Enhance. Um, and I do, but, um... All right. Um, well, while... All this is going on. I'm going to walk off, and I'm actually going to cast something on myself, just because everybody else is kind of doing something here. Enhance Mm. ability. Oh, really? Yes. All right. So tell me about how you're enhancing abilities and what you're enhancing. Okay. I'm going to kind of just walk around and stretch my arms and try to do a little um enhance ability and i can touch a creature and bestow upon a magical enhancement <coughs> choose one of the following and since dexterity would be my weakest one here okay. i'm gonna go ahead and do cat grace on myself and it gives the target an advantage advantage on dexterity checks it also doesn't take damage from falling 20 feet but that doesn't matter but advantage mm, right on dexterity on. and now give me a stealth roll to see if anybody notices that okay um 14 that's enough. So you'll get advantage on all the dexterity checks in this here contest. I didn't see this magic bean thing before. This is bizarre. <laughs> I'm excited to see what pops up. We're going to have a weird rampage <laughs> going on. A, a statue in your likeness can arise and like, threaten you. And if you leave it alone, it'll tell anybody nearby to attack you. And it knows where you are. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> is your bookmarker a five dollar bill yeah that's awesome you're gonna have a money fight with felix later <laughs> yeah <laughs> what yours is, is uh, that's don't you have money that's a player move right there <laughs> that's a baller move you coming up with anything over there oh i'm i'm sorry i i said before i was trying to find something i thought i had some additional skills in my school of illusion that <laughs> might apply but not really i can like do some things to change the nature of the illusion, but not um, anything to do with who it appears to. So. Mm. Well, all right. So Melvin is unable to cheat this round. That's terrible. Here we all are. You guys are squared up in this big old ring full of hay. And there are some locals hanging out on the sides, holding your pigs over the side. And they're going to three, two, one, drop them. Pigs drop on in. Give me a d20 roll and do your dex mod to see if you catch your pig. Ooh, perfect. Melvin, how did it go? I rolled a 17. 17. You are in possession in your hands of a pig. Nice. Kolvik, how did things go for you? Natural 20 and a 22. Holy buckets. You definitely caught your pig. Roscoe. 15. 15, that is a pig caught for you as well. Should have made these DCs higher, apparently. And Hot Carl wrangled up a 19 and has caught his pig. So now we got to get it into the pen? Right, you got three rounds worth of trying to get a pig into a pen. You got to make three in a row successful checks. I want to... <laughs> I want to... I want to shock my pig with shocking grass. Alright. Let's give that a shot, man. Go ahead and do it up. That's uh what well do, do I add my attack bonus? Oh yeah, I mean you're attacking this pig. <laughs> Definitely 22 then. Uh. All right, you roll 22. You successfully shocking grasp this pig. Roll damage. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to hurt it. I just yeah, want to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
just want to make it a little bit more, you know, pliable to get it in the pen. <laughs> you, you told me the spell, and it does what it does. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's what's the spell that? damage? I don't know. Am I going to kill this pig? <laughs> 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 I don't know, fine, I'll just do that. Shocking grasp at the 11th level is 3d8. Let me loan you one of mine so you can do this. You're gonna do 3d8 worth of shocking grasp damage to this pig. Come on, bad rolls, that's a uh, 11. 11 damage. Uh, let me just double check here real quick oh, because... HP of a pig? How big are these pigs? <laughs> are they like boar size? Are they piglets? Uh, I mean, this would be weaker than a boar, and a boar has 11 hit points. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it's a lot slower than... <laughs> Alright, so Melvin grabs onto this pig and shocking grasps it in a hug. <laughs> the pig jiggles around for a little bit. The smell of ham and bacon fill the air. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've got a pretty docile pig in your uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna, in your arms. I'm just gonna raise my hand and be like, "Oh, there's something wrong with my pig." <laughs> Run over to Colvick. Can you revivify? Can you revivify? <laughs> Looks like we're not eating squirrel tonight. Yeah. It's a win-win. <laughs> Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so round two, Melvin, you don't have to roll strength anymore because you have a non-combatant, uh, a non-fighting back pig at this well, point. Hold on, can I get it under the pen still? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, technically, do I advance to the next round? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the unspoken rule is that you don't kill the pig to get it in there, but let's see how this plays out. Yeah. For the remainder of you, give me a d20 roll. Melvin, you don't have to roll. But I did. You did? What'd you get? I got a 21. You got a 21. Damn, you really hauled that. That's yeah, like a dead pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's just laying on the ground and I like pounce on it. Like. <laughs> You're really moving with it. Kolvik, what did you get? 12. 12. All right, that is a success. Uh, barely. And Roscoe? Three. Three, that's a failure. You lose your pig. Boo. Oh. <laughs> Too bad your pig's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> not something you'd think you'd hear a lot, but... <laughs> I bet you wish your pig was dead. I slowly back away from Melvin's pen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next round. Am I still in? Or did I oh, fail you're still one in. and you're out? You're, you're gonna, you're, now you have to try and re-catch the pig. Oh. Alright, so Melvin, I mean, if you're gonna roll, you might as well roll. Alright. I mean, am I still just wrestling this dead pig around? The <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want you to do instead? I want you to make a charisma check. or No, no, I want you to make a performance check. As you're pretending the pig is still wrestling around. <laughs> 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 I think it's still alive, like, <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> Let's see how well you can pretend your pig you're, is still... It's like you're a, making a spike scale. <laughs> whoa! Whoa there, babe! Weaken it, Poikies. Oh, no. I have a negative one to performance. Let's see what happens. I got an 11. All right, that's reasonably believable. You don't move the arms too lifelike. Kolovic, what did you get for your strength roll? 17. 17. That is a success. That's two in a row for you. Roscoe, did you catch your pig? I got an 8. You got an 8. You did not get it. So you have not caught yours, and Hot Carl, Hot Carl makes a success, so he is able to get his pig just a little bit closer. So he's, closer he's running now. tied with Melvin and Colvick. Guys. <laughs> 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 All right, round three. Melvin, what'd you roll there for your performance check? Oh, for my performance check? Yeah. Oh, uh, 19. 19. That is a natural 20, though. You have a very convincing puppeteering <laughs> round. <laughs> oh, 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 easy pick. Colvick, how did you do? 26. 26. Mm -hmm. All right. And Roscoe? 12. 12. So you managed to get a hand back on your pig. 
Hot Carl lost his. Oh no. But those were enough successes in a row that both Melvin and Kolvik got their pigs into the pens. So the contest is declared over. <laughs> and now, here's what we're going to do. Melvin, tell me, what are you going to do with this pig in its pen to make it seem lifelike? So what get, this pen is just like a like a fence or something? Yeah, it's just like a like a wicker fence with a little fake bed in it. I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick it up and I'm just gonna wave to the crowd and I'm just gonna try to make some like pig noises or something like that. <laughs> I'm just gonna swing around and wave wildly at the crowd and kind of jump up and down and <laughs> make it look like the pig's struggling to be in my arms. <laughs> give me give me another performance check and I'm gonna contest that with the crowd. Oh, that's a, a seven. <laughs> to the crowd's 17. <laughs> <laughs> Some hunyak out in the crowd is like, What's the matter with that guy's pig? Biker! <laughs> Shenanigans! <laughs> Better burn the whole town down. <laughs> so the judges come Follow over me. and they inspect your pig and they're like, Something's wrong with Betsy here. Oh, she just uh, got overwhelmed with all the excitement. <laughs> She's uh, a little tired. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm hungry. <laughs> After inspecting the pig and finding it thoroughly dead, shocking grasps all to hell, uh, they declare Kolvik is the winner of this contest for making it in there and for doing it fair and square. Can they tell that it was shocking grasp? Or maybe this pig just had a heart attack or something? <laughs> They're not... They, I mean, these are like bumpkins, basically, so they don't really know the difference. I mean, like, the two blackened handprints on its flanks <laughs> might give it away, but they're not that perceptive. <laughs> maybe Betsy was just getting a little old for the lady in lace here. <laughs> but on grounds yeah. of suspicion, they're going to declare Kolvik the winner Woo! of this contest. <laughs> and... What is the prize of this? I don't, you guys tell me the prize for the Lady in Lace contest. One dead pig and one alive pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You get a pet so you pig. Get, you get a pet pig, Kolvik. Okay. I Neat. got a pet wolf. You got a pet pig. You got a pet pig. Okay. Neat. I'm going to go ahead and yep. take the bow off of Hot Carl's pig and put it on my pig. Nice. Is mm -hmm. it a lady pig? It is a lady pig. And lady pig that don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to name your lady pig? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You have to think about it? Yeah. What's a good female pig name? I don't know. The most recent pig name I thought was hilarious was Chris P. Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not great, though. Not, not, for, not for your special mm -hmm. lady. I'll write down name TBD. You think about that pig name. I'm just gonna name a Porker. 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 Porker the pig. You could. Uh, I got. Let me propose a different name. Yeah. How about Larduna? Larduna. <laughs> oh my God, Larduna. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Lard I'm gonna go with that. Yep. This pig's name is going to be Larduna. <laughs> Larduna the pig. All right, man. So you mm -hmm. win Larduna the pig. Mm -hmm. They tie a little rope around her neck and, and hand you the lead. And mm -hmm. now you've got a little pig following you around. Does she feel comfortable around me, even though I just wrangled her into a pen? And I think, uh, I think we've got to make a roll for that. Why don't you give me an animal handling roll? I don't know if we've ever done one of those. Okay. I got on animal handling, which I thought. Not a whole lot. Wow. Wow. 19. 19 to her 12, so despite a little bit of resistance on her part, she's warming up to you. Mm -hmm. She'll follow you around. She's not, like, nuzzling you yet or anything like that, but uh, she takes to the name Larduna. And, uh, and she'll <laughs> Come with me, Larduna. <laughs> mm -hmm. She'll trail you around for the remainder of the festival. I'm actually going to walk around and take that pie back from the little kid and give it to Larduna. <laughs> <laughs> you understand. Sorry. <laughs> Poor little kid. It's probably the only pie he's gotten all year. Stealing pies from children. And you could just make them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go over to the kid, knock the pie to the ground, and then make another one and give it to the pig. You throw it on the ground. <laughs> Spite him. <laughs> all right, man. So you have won Larduna the pig. And you can come back tomorrow to pick up a side of ham. 
Are we going to name the dead pig? <laughs> <laughs> That's Chris. <laughs> We're actually going right. to we'll tell Jeff Dude to pick him up for later. <laughs> Jeff Dude says, all right. <laughs> all right, man. So you guys have two games left. One of them is Find the Pea, and the other one is I'll Kill You, the Dwarven drinking game. Each of these are two-player games. So you guys can each play, or you can pick one person to play, whatever you want to do, but I feel like you guys can be done with fucking carnival games. I mean, it's up to you. No, we should play them all. Yeah. I think we should save the drinking game to last, though. Yeah, that's, that's my thought. Good idea. Buying the pee? Um, I think that's a Roscoe kind of game. Sounds like it, but let's hear the description of Find the Pee. Find the Pee. You guys walk up to the Find the Pee game, and you see that there's a, a guy in sort of wizardly robes running this little booth. He is describing the rules to contestants passing by, and he says, all you got to do is figure out which of these cups that I hid the pee under, and he does the whole uh, Charleston shuffle or whatever the hell they call that, where he like shows you where the pee is, covers it back up, and scoots the cups around, and then you pick. This guy, though, as you're watching, you can tell he's got a little bit of prestidigitation going on. He, it looks like he's got like six arms at one point, and there's like ten cups out there. Basically, it doesn't matter how skillful you are in watching this guy uh, swirl these cups around. There's no way you're going to be able to follow it with your eyes. What that means is there are two ways that you can play Find the P. Either we both roll a 1d4, meaning like that's your pick and where the actual P is. And if the numbers match, then you win. Or we can do it by choice where I roll a 1d4 in secret and then you guess a number. And if you guess the right number, then you win. This one does involve a wager. You give the guy one gold, and if you guess right, you win back three. I get confused just by listening to the rules on this guy. <laughs> My guy I'm just like, what? Oh, no, no, that's what? Oh, come on, young man. All you got to do is find the P. That's all you got to do. Pick a cup and find the P. Win yep. money. I buy a, uh, bow out of this one. All right. Melvin, Roscoe, anybody want to play find the P? I'll play find the P. Do you want to play by chance or by choice? By choice. All right. So put one gold up on the line, and I'm going to roll the number. Which one do you think it is? One, two, three, or four. One, two, three, or four. I'm going to go with one. Holy shit. Confirmed. Yes. That is a one. You win three gold. Nice. Wow. wow. So you got lucky. You got lucky, young man. You got lucky on that first roll. Let's, let's play again. Let's play it again. You want to play it again? No. <laughs> I want to pick this guy's pocket. <laughs> uh, while he's playing again mm -hmm. alright I'll play him again to guys, distract guys, the guy from seeing Roscoe you guys give the, the I'm gonna fuck with this guy signal and uh, so let's do the picking of the pocket first and the hell would that be anyway and that's just a stealth roll right a sleight of hand stealth sleight of hand give me a sleight of hand roll to see if he notices 15 15, you are able to successfully pick this man's pocket, and I'm going to have you roll a d12 to see how many gold coins you lift from his pocket. Never have to use the d12. I know. That's kind of why I picked it. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing a real Tom and Jerry scene where you, like, reach in and grab one coin out. <laughs> this is mine now. <laughs> All right, and then the other part of it is the roll for the actual game of chance. Melvin, what do you think it's under? One, two, three, or four. I'm going to go with two. Unfortunately, it is number four this time. Uh, you sadly relinquish your one gold, knowing that Melvin has given up one gold, but Roscoe surely has taken more from his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> We're still up three coins, guys. <laughs> All right, we should have started with that one. That game's kind of dumb. <laughs> Yeah, let's go drink with dwarves or whatever we're doing. <laughs> Vegan fans, I gotta tell you, I'm having a simply awesome week. We got a new review, we got a new patron, and things are just all around awesome. What about that review, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. M Alpha Cat says to us, I'm brand new to D&D and wanted to dip my toes into the world building and roleplay aspects of D&D. This was the first podcast I tried and man do I feel spoiled. 
These guys are hilarious, and the DM keeps the story arcs engaging and well-fleshed-out world, and the players make it feel like you're right there playing with them. Love this podcast. So glad I stumbled across it. Well, Kat, we are ecstatic to have you, especially because I believe you are also our newest Patreon patron. And you even gave us a shout-out on Twitter. We're super stoked to have you as a listener, and it's not even because of all those awesome things you did for us. It's because you're a listener who enjoys our show, and that's just the most awesome thing in the world. And also because of those things. But really, it's just the mostly the being listener part. And hey, Aaron, Brian, Chad, John, Victor, and Zach, don't think we've forgotten about you. Just because you have a new, younger sibling doesn't mean we're only going to pay attention to them. Your fathers and I love you all equally. And if a group of psychotic robbers ever broke into the house and told us we had to choose which one of you to shoot, we would just go by the dollar amounts. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with love. That's just fucking business. Friends, you know we have a Patreon page. You know we would love it if you helped us keep the show rolling. For those of you who haven't joined us there, you might be asking yourself, what would becoming a patron get me? Well, let me tell you. First off, we use the awesome hosting partner Fireside to put our show out there, and that's a monthly fee. Second, I use the amazing Alphonic service, who, by the way, has the best customer service in the universe, specifically George, who is unbelievably helpful, and they are also a monthly fee. By the way, neither of those companies pay us to say that stuff. They just earned it by being excellent service providers. But that's just boring shit, right? Nobody wants to hear about how the 30 bucks they spent at the theater paid Chris Pratt's water bill. What you want to hear about is the cool shit, and we have done some pretty cool shit so far. Number one was the amazing portraits of our three heroes we commissioned through the very talented Christopher Spence. We also got some pogs made, and they are friggin' awesome. Those came from custompogs.com. And finally, our most recent work is the commission of the War Clowns done by the phenomenal Luca, also known as Wizard Thief Fighter, all one word, and author of the super cool Ultraviolet Grasslands universe. We hope to commission more and more artwork from these and other phenomenal creators from all over the world. Every single penny, and quite a few pennies of my own, go back into the show to create our reliable releases, our growing catalog of artwork, the beautiful music Sam produces, and... Well, I will admit it did help pay for a nice bottle of whiskey we used to celebrate our 50th episode. So if you want to contribute, just know that what you're doing is making the world that you're listening to even more awesome. So we also got a question this week through the Reddit thread from 10 Speed of God's Blood. I was wondering about the time when the team kidnapped Lum of the Super Amazing Adventure Friends. Nick mentioned that he thought it was going to go in a completely different direction. How did Nick think the situation was going to go? Have there been other times when the team surprised him or he had other solutions in mind? So, what direction did I think that was going to go? Well, here's the thing. I thought the only confrontation with the Super Amazing Adventure Friends was going to happen by the cube in the caverns under Andon. And it was going to be a lot different than how things turned out. A short way to describe how it would have been different is that there would have been an opportunity for peaceful resolution. As it stood, there was no way out but violence. So from my perspective, we sat down to start recording that night, and I had this whole adventure laid out about them going down and getting the crabs, and the super amazing adventure friends would come along and blah, blah, blah. And then the guys were like, hey, let's go fuck those people up instead. So that entire scene with Lum in the bathroom and the tower and everything in between was improvised with zero prep. None of us had any idea that was going to happen in advance. As far as getting surprised or having other solutions in mind, well, that happens to some degree with every single recording session. Kolvik, Roscoe, and Melvin have found a way to mess up or sidestep my plans nearly every single time we play, and I am yet to be 100% ready for their shit. It's been pretty entertaining so far, though, so apparently my subpar DM skills are enough to keep us afloat. So there's a partial answer to your question at 10 speed of God's blood. We'll bring that one back up again the next time we do a recap episode. I just didn't want you to have to wait that long for an answer. Badass name, by the way. Well, folks, that's what I've got for you today. Let's get on back to that drinking game. So you guys make your way as the evening is progressing on into late evening. 
And uh, I would say by this point, the sun's getting down, and uh, you guys probably are going to shuffle Grace and um, Perkins and Jeff Dude on back home, you know, put Grace to bed and whatnot. Just probably a good idea before you play this terrible, terrible drinking game. So, I'll Kill You is a dwarven drinking game in which two contestants each drink a full mug of ale, roll a constitution save to see if they throw up or not, and if they're able to keep their... Uh, liquids in their guts, then they have to yell to the other person how they're going to kill them. Like, threats, and make it as, you know, horrible, as comical, or whatever as you can make it. And then the crowd cheers, a judge decides who's got the best insult, and we'll do that all through dice rolling. <laughs> and after three rounds, whoever's got the best uh, score is the winner of the contest. This one is very much a wagering game. So who wants to play I'll Kill You, the Dwarven Drinking Game? Oh boy, I'm a little nervous on this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, okay, so a little outside of the scope of the game, are you starting to drink again normally? I don't know. I might feel like I want to drink, but I also, this uh, game's a little bit too on the nose, if you will, since mm-hmm. I have killed people while drinking before. So, <laughs> so you actually <laughs> might kill them by how you say. Right. So I'm a little, I'm, I'm actually more than a little hesitant right now mm-hmm. about participating in this game. Mm-hmm. Right on. So Melvin seems like he's a little shaky about it. Roscoe, Kolvik, how do you guys feel? I'll play. I'll play. All right. You guys want to play against each other, or do you want to pick different contests? I'm going to play against somebody else, okay. other than Roscoe at the moment. Did you guys just give me a quick D20 roll. Whoever gets the highest number will go first. Four. Thirteen. Roscoe is up to the I'll Kill You drinking game first. So you sit down with a, uh, a sturdy young lad who looks like he can hold his, his uh, liquor. And the judges bring out a mug of ale for each of you. You grab your mug by the handle of the stein, throw it on back. Give me a constitution save to see how well you handle that mug of ale. Uh. (laughs) Nine. Nine. You get your first mug of ale all the way down, and then you hurl it right back up. (laughs) The uh, contestant you're playing against, however, gets a 19 and is able to very much hold the liquor he's got in him. And he looks over at you and yells, I'm going to rip your intestines out through your mouth and your arsehole and then skip rope with the corpse. You bring it, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Do me a a charisma check on that. While you're wiping puke off your face. Mm -hmm. Did you get over there? 15. 15. So despite how much less elaborate yours was, uh, he got a 10, so the crowd really loves yours much more than his, so that's a point apiece. <laughs> Second round of drinks. You rolled. Oh man, this guy rolled another 19, but against your 20. Wow. You're both able to hold your, uh, your beverage though, so now it just comes down to the insult. And he yells at you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie you down and feed you to a hundred starving baby snapping turtles. I'm gonna st- cut your balls off and bleed you dry. Oh. <laughs> Seven. Oh, I'm sorry, 11. <laughs> 11 to his 19. The crowd is going nuts over his, and eh, you don't get outright booed, but they just weren't impressed with that last one. Is that three 19s in a row? <clears throat> That's quite a lot of 19s, man. Yeah. What the F? All right, last round of drinking game with the, the stellar young lad. 19. 19, you hold a beer, and he barfs his up immediately with a three. As he gets done wiping the spit from his chin, he says, I'll I'll cut your heart out with a grapefruit spoon. I'll tie you into a knot and throw you in the river. I keep spacing out on what I'm doing. 17. 17, the crowd goes nuts over yours and does not give a shit about his with the five he rolled. Unfortunately, that puts it at a tie, and you guys need to do one oh, last man. beer to determine. Two. That is a natural 20 on this side to your two. He slams the beer. Roscoe barfs, stumbles off of the chair, and goes away in shame. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, no. The crowd is booing me. But all in good fun. All right, man. <laughs> you get booed in fun. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Kolvik, let's run the same thing over by you. I think you got the rules by this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, A nice, uh, a very stern-looking, long, red-haired girl sits down across from you, and she grabs that mug as you grab yours. 
What'd you get over there? 19. 19. You pound that ale down without hesitation. She just chokes right away, barfs that last beer back up. What's your insult? I'm gonna go up to Loduna, slap her in the stomach. You ever wake up inside of a pig before? Cause I'm gonna mm. cut you up and bring you back alive inside of her. <laughs> Whoa, jeez. Uh, dark shit, man. <laughs> she just looks at you and says, I'll roast you alive. <laughs> uh, what'd you roll for your charisma on that one? 13. 13 is enough to satisfy the crowd, but hers is not with a 9. So you, sir, are already leagues ahead of this young lady. Round 2. Slam that beer down. What'd you get? Another 19. 19. You successfully hold your beer down, and so mm-hmm. does she with her 13. She calls out to you, I'm going to bury you up to your neck in an alpha ant nest. Have you ever heard of the third dimension? Oh, well, I'm going to get you there, and you're going to stay there. All right, roll me some charisma. 18. 18. She got a 6. That's uh, not... Her insults are just falling flat. Last roll for the last beer. 15. 15. She got a 17, so she keeps it down. She looks over at you and says, I'll put you to sleep in a river. <laughs> I'm gonna make you marry this guy I'm gonna point to Roscoe Oh nice Blech, I vomit <laughs> 13 13 and 11 Both of you guys have well received insults But you did not fail a single time there Kolvik the crowd favorite Walks away with a prize Which is another beer <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and proudly Pound that pound that down in front of the uh the you crowd. buy another beer in stone cold steve austin <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect right on gang so you guys have your fun you have your contests you win some prizes i really was genuinely not expecting you to walk away with a pig from this one but here we all are uh i'm gonna take just a moment <laughs> to explain because you know i haven't really spent a ton of time describing certain things about the world to you guys so i'm just gonna take a moment and add a little note right now so the kingdom of Cole is divided into 11 districts. A district is somewhere between a county and a state, kind of depending on the way you're thinking about it. A district is always governed by the sword, which is the military aspect of the government. So you'll know, like the towns, the cities, and all the rest of that, that could be either the coin or the crown. Each district has its own standing army, and each army has its own standard uniform. There's some common elements to all those uniforms, but you know some areas are colder, some are warmer, so they have their variations. Andon is in the Erdrick district, named after a largely forgotten military leader from way back in the founding of the kingdom. The uniform here is very similar to the uniform worn by what we would know as Roman soldiers. Typically, it's like a red studded leather chest piece and, you know, made of thick leather, those little tassels that come down with the sword belt. They typically carry a curved rectangular shield and either a short sword or a spear. Just a random, you know, unrelated to anything else that might happen sort of thing that I just wanted to explain to you guys right there. Because <laughs> so, we can just throw that information away? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, in one ear and out the other. However you want to, you know, deal with that. So, back at the festival, you guys have been having a really lovely evening. Um, you have noticed throughout the evening that a couple people you've bumped into have been acting a little funny. But you can't really put your finger on it. And those conversations have typically been pretty short anyway. But other than that, this has been a great festival, and I would say overall a great year for you guys in general to celebrate. As the evening presses on, you notice that over on the stage that's set up in the center area, which in previous years would have held the giant scales for measuring crab stuff, but, well, there was nobody to uh, compete with this time around, so no big scale, just a big open stage, you see a small contingent of soldiers gathering up on that stage. They form a line across the center of the stage facing the crowd and stand at attention. One more soldier climbs up the stairs onto the stage. This one's a little more elaborately dressed. I suspect none of you uh, in-world would know anything about military dress, but you can tell this guy must be a relatively high rank because he's got some additional decorations and the fact that he's wearing steel-segmented armor kind of gives it away. His helmet also has a thick black plume down the center and back like a mohawk. Aegis happens to be standing not too far from you guys when this spectacle begins. He grabs Daft by the arm and muscles his way over to the crowd to you guys. Uh, I don't recognize this guy, and I don't like the look of this. Get Daff out of here and keep her safe. And 
he kind of shoves Daff towards you guys and starts making his way back up to the stage. I don't know if you guys wanted to do anything at that point or not, or I can just keep on going. Should we uh, keep her safe as in, at the moment, we can put her in the port of... <laughs> I don't know what we can do with that. I was going to say port of a hole, but she can't breathe down there a whole lot. Or we can get her out as in... Um, we should get, like, Jeff dude to send her to the tower. I already sent Jeff, Perkins, and Grace home, by the way. Oh, we already did that. Why don't one or both of you go back home, grab everybody, and head out to the tower, and I'll kind of stay back and see what's going on with my stealthiness and what have you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as long as we're under the contention that you will stay safe, and if something goes wrong, as you say, you'll haul ass and Mm -hmm. back to the tower, don't get kidnapped kind of thing. So we'll go ahead and do that. Okay. Take the horses except for Lenny the deck and have him ready to go. Mm -hmm. Come with me, (laughs) Laduna. Stay safe. <laughs> Saddle the dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys are kind of discussing this over, and then uh, and then the three of you, including <coughs> Daff and leaving Roscoe behind, you make your way towards the edge of the crowd and out, out uh, to the edge of the town square. Well, the crowd around you slowly quiets down as this soldier patiently stares out of the crowd. Eventually, the whole festival grounds are quiet and are staring at this group on the stage. After nearly a full minute of silence, the decorated soldier speaks up. When I was born, I was given the name Marcus. I was given a home in an orphanage. I was given enough to survive and no more. Since I was a bastard in an orphanage, I needed no other name. When I was ten, I was no longer allowed to live in the orphanage. I left there and found a new home in the military. I was given a sword and a shield and a purpose. Since I had no other name, I was given the name Smith. When I was 18, a man found me and told me who I am. He told me of my father and my birthright. I was given a new purpose, and since I now had a new purpose and a reason to hide, I was given the name Grim. But today is a new day. Today is the day where I take instead of being given. Today is the day I take my birthright. Today is the day I take the name I should have been born with. I am Marcus Gringold, and I am your new magistrate. And with that, he gives a barely perceptible nod. Roscoe, off to your left, you hear the sound of screaming. You look over to see Helen Gringold is the source of those screams. You can't understand why she's screaming at first, but then you see the white gown that she's wearing turning red with blood, as the crowd of people near her are clearly stabbing her. You look back to Aegis up in front of you, who had been making his way towards the stage. The bodyguards you remember seeing trailing him non-stop since that day he came to the shop with them are nowhere to be seen. His face is already half-red, painted with his own blood. There's a dozen or more people around him, reaching in to stab him or trying to get close enough to do so. He manages to twist his neck around just enough that he can see you, and he mouths the word go before he falls. I run. God damn it. On retrospect, (laughs) I wish I would have used that stupid spell to cast us all back there. <laughs> I just got that goddamn thing, too, and I didn't think about it till just now. But here we are. All right, so, Roscoe, you start bolting towards the edge of the crowd, and uh, I'm going to have you make just a straight-up d20 roll. 20. All right, so you go unnoticed as you shuffle your way out of the crowd. What up it happened to that plant that you planted to the ground? Still there. Ah, damn, you know, we never did roll to figure out what that one was. What happened to it? Well, let's break the dramatic tension and find out oh, right shit. now. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Let's say I, that I, it was I just... Was like... That's perfect, actually. <laughs> for, for that bean to just wait until this chaos is in fucking that. All right, man, let me grab my percentile dice here. So let's, let's say that these dice, to explain away my poor DMing, uh, so let's say that these beans were like, they're a little old and maybe you didn't get a ton of water on them. So it just took a little longer for this thing to blossom. Holy shit. What the hell's going to happen? That's an 81. A nest of one D four plus three eggs springs up. Any creature that eats an egg must make a DC 20 t- constitution saving throw on a successful save. The creature permanently increases its lowest ability score by one randomly choosing among equally low scores. <gasps> On a failed save, the creature takes 10d6 force damage from an internal magical explosion. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so there are... 
seven eggs that just magically appeared over by the uh, lady in the lace. Uh, and just, who knows what happened to those. <laughs> Wait, that was oh. I was really hoping it wouldn't be the giant pyramid springs up in the middle. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it would be something ridiculous like yeah. that. I guess we're very juice. <laughs> Actually, the funniest would have been if it would have been the inanimate mobile stat or immobile statue of you. Yeah. There he is. Get him. <laughs> Go get that fucking loser. <laughs> You've rolled a 20, and then the statue gives you away. So there's just some deadly magic eggs that some schmuck is going to pick up and take home to his family. We'll never know, really. And he's either going to go from being, like, an idiot to a genius or whatever, or he's going to die in a magical explosion. He's going to die of farting or something. <laughs> yeah. It would be great if your pig would have ate those eggs. Oh, my God, it would have. Still might, maybe. Well, your yeah, pig. Dead pig. Melvin's pig isn't going to eat anything oh. anymore, but... Quite the opposite. <laughs> Well, we might not even have time to eat pig now. All right, so here's what we now are faced with is Kolvik, Melvin, and Daff. You guys are unaware of what's happened. You made it out of the town square area. Maybe you heard the start of the speech or you heard somebody start speaking behind you, but you didn't get the gist of what's happened and you certainly don't know that the guy that ran this town and employed you for a long time is now butchered and laying on the ground and bleeding out. Roscoe, you do, however, know that. So I'm going to say that with the head start you guys got, you're probably like 120 feet or so uh, away from the town square. And let's call that about halfway back to your house. Roscoe, you're really the one that's got to make a decision here because you're the one that knows more and has had more happen to you. What do you think you're going to do here? Uh, keep on trucking. Go to the house and that fuck out of Dodge. You're fuck, You're just booking it pell-mell back mm. to the house, eh? All right. Why don't you give me, don't you give me two athletics rolls? I don't think there's any good I can do in the town square for anybody. It's like the Red Harvest, man. So a one on that one, <laughs> and a seventeen on that one. A one and a seventeen. All right. So we'll cut back over to Daff, Melvin, and Kolvik. You guys arrive back at the house. You don't know anything, and have to role play thusly. Uh, you get there and, you know, let's say Perkins and Jeff Dude are having a browsing game of Fantasy Monopoly at the table waiting for you guys to get home. What are you going to do? Well, uh, I think based on the scene that we saw unfolding, it's probably not going to be good. And it's probably going to be best if we get prepared in some fashion or another. So mm -hmm. I think we lay it out for Jeff Dude and Perkins. Let them know kind of some shit's going down. Could be really bad. Mm -hmm. We should maybe prepare to get out of Dodge. Yeah. We were uh, told to get Daft out of here, and we thought our best thought of action was go up to the tower. So, let's get ready for it, and uh, go as soon as we're ready. All right. Um, anything special you guys are doing to pack or prepare? I'm going to pack up all my favorite leather pieces and <laughs> rocks. Important rocks. <laughs> Snoots. <laughs> right on. Um, I don't know. Um, just getting starfish ready to go. Maybe grab some food. Grab the go bag. Grab the go bag. I would imagine Melvin's got a go bag for sure. Yeah, I Isn't can it see to touch that. It in decades, thing, yeah. but it's probably still sitting mm -hmm. in there. I really don't have a whole lot, so I just go up and grab my bags. Make sure I have my bracer and all the cool stuff I got from uh, um, Walk Tag, and go to Immaculate and prepare them up. Right on. So you guys are most of the way through preparing when Roscoe bursts into the house. Roscoe, what are you going to do? Tell them exactly what I saw. That uh, this fancy soldier was uh, Aegis' son. He killed Aegis and the wife. And we need to get the fuck out of here right now. Unless we're going to turn Dav over and try to get in with this guy. position. You have made it back to your house. Kolvik and Melvin, you've gathered up some supplies. You don't know what's going to happen. All around you is fear and uncertainty. 
and the blood of your former employer. What are you going to do? Just the gist is we need to get out of town. Like, uh, we could be sitting there. We just, I just witnessed a violent coup. Uh, killed Aegis and the mom. We're harboring uh, the daughter. And uh, we could be seen as part of the old power structure. So we need to get the fuck out of here. How does Daft react to all this? Uh, Daft is in absolute shock right now. Mm. Like, she's, she's just kind of sitting at mm-hmm. the table. Like, she managed to get over to the table in the middle and is just, like, shaking. Not crying, not making any noise, not doing anything else. She's just shaking. Well, at this point, I think I might stand up and even angrily slap my hand on the table. Let's go! Well, we got to... F- we have three horses, right? Do we have enough horses for everybody? Because we need horses for Perkins, dude. Grace, I suppose, can Grace just can fly. fly away. Um, and then... We have a portable Def. hole as well. So, I mean, as long as they can, just for a little while, be in a portable hole, we can go ahead and carry them out of town. Uh, there's maybe ten minutes of air in there for one person. Not... We have war horses. They can each carry two people. Okay. Yeah, that's true. You did spend a little extra money on the sturdy mounts. Yeah, Ooh. right, we did. That's going to pay off. Paying dividends. Yep. All right. All right. I'll carry Jeff um, Perkins on mine. I'll carry Jeff. <sighs> Looks like I got Perkins. Or Jeff Wait. Dude. No, did you take Jeff Dude? He said Jeff Perkins, actually. Yeah. <laughs> did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you started saying Jeff and okay. then switched to Perkins. Yeah. When I fell in love and got married. <laughs> <laughs> What, what do you got against Jeff, dude? <laughs> Nothing. I just know Perkins longer. Ah, yeah, it's true. True. All right. Well, I'll take Jeff, dude. Now. You guys arguing over who gets Perkins? <laughs> <laughs> no, you get Jeff, dude. No, you take Jeff, dude. <laughs> I'll walk. Uh, and then Grace? Did you say is... be able to fly? Does she have well, that she capability? Can, she can turn into a bird, but she's not good enough to be able to fly yet. So she could like mm. make herself very small for you guys to carry her. Yeah, if okay. that's the implication. Mm-hmm. Turn into a mouse. Yep. All right. So Roscoe's got Daff. Colvick has got Perkins. Mm-hmm. Melvin's got Jeff, dude. Uh, Starfish is healthy enough and old enough to run alongside of you guys. Grace turns into Grace just turns into like a mouse because she's most comfortable in that form so far tucks herself into Roscoe's pocket. She's like tired and sleepy, but you know, kind of catches the drift that this is an emergency. Grabs her little dagger, transforms. And you guys start making your way out of town. Uh, I'm gonna have all three of you give me just a straight up D20 roll. We're gonna see how lucky you are. One. That's a one. Fucking A, Colvick. 11. 17. All right, that's not good enough, but it's not bad enough. Give me another roll. Six. Two. Three. Oh, no. That's real bad. Wow. (laughs) So, the group of you, as you are careening through the streets of Andon, you made it through the first round of this fairly successfully with your moderate rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did we? Wow. Episode 52, Larduna, was released on October 14th, 2018. Return to me, O listener. Return to me in one week. Vegan. 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 The very good adventuring team. (laughs) All right, gang. Oh, wow. (laughs) Was that you or? Yeah. I don't know if it was you or Sam. That was intense. (laughs) Stop doing that. What's the matter with you? That's all I got. Fucking ass trumpet over here. (laughs) I feel like I'm in a cake concert. (laughs) Play some little jazz, did he? Just see if there's echo.
testing the sound of the room. <laughs> Pretty good dampeners you got. Wow, that was intense. Hashtag kick fighter. <laughs> Hashtag kick fighter. Get us those butthole mics. You guys are really missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Louis Armstrong over here. Oh no. That hurt so bad. <laughs> oh man. Restrained cough. I'm a shot pop out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I felt through the floor. <laughs> oh man.